welcome to episode 223 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. That was pretty good. We didn't say which one of us was going to start, and I just gave you a thumbs up and you started, and normally we start awkwardly, so already smooth sailing in here. I'm excited. Well, now you just gave it away. It's okay. That's all right. I still feel like it counts as smooth as a smooth intro, so I'm going to allow it. So, no, I'm good. How are you doing? Well, the Cavs won. They, so. they did win. Um, if we have friends in Toronto, sorry, not sorry. Um, but yeah, man, guys, NBA playoff games are so stressful and they, you stay up, I stay up far later than I, than I normally would. And oof, don't get, I'm happy they keep winning, obviously, but man, oh man, am I sleepy. So, um, but the sun is shining here. Weather is beautiful in Cleveland. I am getting new glasses. It's very exciting. Yeah, I did my Warby Parker try-on stuff last night. This is not an ad. I just think it's really cool that you can try on Warby Parker glasses at home. Made a selection. Very different than the ones I'm wearing right now. Not that any of you guys can see, but it's super cool. They'll just send you five pairs of glasses to try on, and then you pick which ones you like. I am aware. I know you are. Sharing with the rest of the world. Cool. Um, what are we doing today? Today's our May books episode. Do you want to break it down what we do for people who might not know? Sure. So every month, at the beginning of every month, or beginning of every month, we um, put together our list of books that we are looking forward to coming out this month. Mm-hmm. We do not share our lists with each other, so it's always a surprise to see if there's any crossover sometimes but we've gotten better we've been doing this for over a year i think yeah over a year and i will say i told you before we started recording this particular month first off a lot of awesome books coming out this month but as i was going through seeing the new releases it's like a minefield of books i was pretty sure jill was gonna pick so some of them i just like there's a few and there's one right off the bat that i'm gonna make sure you talk about first because i know he's one of your favorite authors um yeah but it's like literally I, i felt like i was like jumping over books like i would talk about that but i'm pretty sure jill's gonna so um i have 11 you said you have 10 Mm -hmm. Uh, but before if you want to see the full list in its entirety first off we will link to every title in the show notes and you can also go to professionalbooknerds.com which is our fancy website and if you go there there is a, a tab that says about it's like the first tab at the very top Our monthly reading list will be updated for you there, too, so you can see the whole thing there. And you can like different episodes, and you can contact us there and subscribe and all sorts of fun stuff. So that's going to be your hub for getting in in contact with us, seeing all the books we're talking about. Um, Yeah, so that's that. Okay, I, I just talk about the book first that I know... You're most you've been talking about this coming out for like eight months. So. Oh, I have. Well, that's my that's my long game to uh, mm-hmm. to get him on the podcast. Stephen Stephen King, if you want to come on, yeah, Steve. So uh, Stephen King has a new novel out called The Outsider, and it is um, about um, a town where an eleven year old boy is found dead, and eyewitnesses and fingerprints point to um one of their most popular citizens but he has an alibi but there's um dna evidence to go with the fingerprints and the witnesses and, and everything seems like it's kind of pointing in that direction 
So this doesn't necessarily sound like typical Stephen King. However, I loved his Mr. Mercedes series, which was very much a detective book, not your typical horror of Stephen King. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah. You've... And if you want to come on the podcast and talk about it, yeah, Stephen. Mr. King. Um, I'm just going to keep calling him Stephen. Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve King. Um, yeah, I'm also going to. So I give the that. title. It's called The Outsider. You okay. did. Okay. Yeah, you got Yeah. Uh, my first one is called The Map of Salt and Stars by, and I apologize in advance, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Zainab Jukadar, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, this is described as a novel to Syria, what the kite runner was to Afghanistan. So it's a story of these two girls who live 800 years apart. Uh, one of them is a modern day Syrian refugee and the other one, uh, is a person in a story, uh, a girl in a story who disguises herself as a boy in order to apprentice herself on, to this famous map maker 800 years prior. And what ends up happening, it sounds like, is the character in modern day times and her family have to escape Syria and they end up taking the same route that the girl from 800 years ago took Um to escape so they I, it sounds like there's two different narrators and they kind of mirror each other's journeys um i'm very interested and the it's a very good cover which always draws me in so that's the map of salt and stars i have the favorite sister by jessica Knoll. oh come on i'm gonna interview her later this month that's not fair oh, that's right Go okay ahead. no you want to talk about it we can both talk about it. you start and i'll i'll chime in here and there so um <laughs> You're right. I forgot you were interviewing her. <laughs> I actually did too. I'll be honest, because it's not for a couple of weeks that I have been an interviewer. Uh, I'm just gonna read sort of the first line because this is what drew me in. When five hyper successful women agree to appear on a re- reality TV series set in New York City called Gold Diggers, the producers never expect the season will end in murder. Yeah. I put it on hold immediately <laughs> just from that first line. Yeah, and I, I should point out. Um, Jessica Knoll wrote Luckiest Girl Alive, which was a New York Times bestseller, like, right away as her debut a couple years back, if her name doesn't sound familiar. Um, yeah, that sold me, too. They, It was pretty much the easiest pitch in publisher history when they sent me, like, I stopped reading after that first line, too, and I was like, yeah, I am, I do want to chat with her, so it's fine. No big deal. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, man, I gave myself some tricky pronunciations this month uh, my next one is Warlight by Michael Onjate or Ondache I th- I'm sorry either way um, both I'm sure are wrong so he wrote The English Patient and this is a novel it's set uh, the decade after World War II which is always a good way to kind of reel me in I'm, I'm a big fan of post-war books very much like you are for like 1920s New York so um but it is a story of these kids who are growing up um, in London and their parents have stayed or their parents moved to Singapore, but they left them behind. And they're being raised by this this character named the Moth. And they think he might be a criminal, but they the more and more they know him, they're definitely more convinced he's a criminal, but they're less concerned about it because he has this like eccentric crew of friends and they all kind of get really close together and and bond uh then the parents come home excuse me the mother comes home without the father and doesn't explain anything and then they kind of have to figure out 
what happens from there. But it just seems like an interesting setting, so I'm very interested in it. That's Warlight. I have From Twinkle with Love by Sandhya Menon. She wrote um, When Dimple Met Rishi, which was a huge hit last year, and so this is her next one. It's about um, an aspiring filmmaker and wallflower named Twinkle who has stories she wants to tell and universes she wants to explore. So when a fellow film geek, Sahil, approaches her to direct a movie for the upcoming summer festival, Twinkle is all over it. The chance to publicly showcase her voice as the director, dream come true. The chance, uh, the fact that it gets her closer to her longtime crush, Neil, a.k.a. Sahil's twin brother, dream come true times two. So when a mysterious man, N, begins emailing her, Twinkle is sure it's Neil. The only slightly inconvenient problem is that of course in the course of movie making she's fallen madly in love with the irresistibly adorable love that word adorable Sahil Twinkle soon realizes that resistance is futile the romance she's got is not only the is not the one she scripted but will it be enough so I loved when Dimple Met Rishi was so it was so adorable it was an adorable book Uh and so I'm really excited from Twinkle with Love it's apparently told through letters which is a fun way too um when Dimple met, met meets Rishi, met when Dimple, I think it's met, met Rishi. Rishi. Uh, when that came out, I feel like there's the why author community we talked about ad nauseum is wonderful. But when that book came out, I feel like every young adult author on Twitter was pimping it out and very excited about it. It's well, I think it's book. one of those you know, there's not a lot of. We talk a lot about representation and diversity. There's not a lot of YA books that feature Indian yeah. characters. I think you are correct. So that's why it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, speaking of diverse young adult books, they come in all colors by Malcolm Malcolm Hansen. I sat down with Malcolm at PLA several uh, months ago at this point. Goodness gracious. Uh, he, I was blown away by him as a person he's wonderful uh, this is his debut novel uh, they come in all colors and it follows a biracial boy who is growing up in New York City in the 19 early 1970s uh, his family is originally from Georgia and they move up to New York City and um, he, they think that they'll discover less racism and, and issues getting away from the south but they find that you know, the, the racism and inequality is kind of everywhere. Uh, and it's really, really fascinating, this, the story behind the book. So uh, Malcolm Hansen will be on the podcast, uh, I think, in, in June is when I have it scheduled to come out. But They Come in All Colors comes out this month, and I highly recommend reading it. It's very good. It's very powerful. And it's one of those books where I can't believe it's his first book. So. Also, this has nothing to do with the book or what, why you should borrow it, but he looks, he's like an identical image to Keegan-Michael Key from, <laughs> from Key and Peele, and I haven't told him that. He's like, I get that sometimes. So, they come in all colors. I have The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. She'll be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Oh, you guys. Okay. So, <laughs> I love Ruth Ware's books. And I've read every single one that has come out over the past couple of years. I think she's had one come out every year for the past, this is the fourth year. I think you're right. Last year, there might, I don't remember. Anyway, so um, this is her latest one. And I'm not just saying this because it's the most recent one I read. This is hands down my favorite Ruth Ware book. I liked it even better 
better than in a dark, dark wood. Um, so the death of Mrs. Westaway is about a, a woman named Hal. Um, she's in her young 20s. She is struggling to survive. She owes money to bookies and things are not good. And then she gets a letter in the mail from an attorney who says that her grandmother has died and she has been named in the will. Um, and when, you know, Hal looks it up, it's like huge estate out in the moors of England and all this stuff. Um, and Hal's really excited. There's only one problem. Um, Hal's grandparents died 20 years ago. And so Hal's convinced there's some kind of mistake. And this is actually mm-hmm. meant for another woman with her name. But Hal is a tarot reader and she's really good at cold reading people. And so she is like, well, if anyone could pull this off and kind of fake it, it's me. So she ends up going to the estate to try and kind of fake her way into um, reaping whatever the inheritance is. And the longer she's there, though, she starts uncovering some family secrets, which are kind of big and mind blowing. <laughs> and um, it's so good. Um, in the interview with uh, Ruth, we talked, she and I kind of fangirled out about um, Daphne du Maurier and the book Rebecca and my cousin Rachel. And there is definitely that kind of gothic de Maurier feel to this one that the her other books didn't have which is i think is why i loved it so much it was so good two things one uh jill and i do this thing where when we find out we're interviewing an author who is a pretty big deal if one of us is a massive fan like I, jill asked me she's like do you want to interview ruth where with me and i saw the excitement in your eyes and i was like honestly i would love to but i feel like i would step on your guys toes and so it made me so happy to hear when like I, when you guys are discussing that you're fangirling over another author, like when a massive author... An author's author, been like dead for cent- like a yeah. long time. Maybe yeah. not centuries, but she's been dead for a while. So, yeah. But hearing a, a huge author like Ruth Ware fangirl out about another author, I will never tire of, of doing that when when I hear an author who I like idolize being like, oh my god, what about... And then talk about something else. So that made me happy. That was one of the interviews where you're like... You like, you came after and you're like, yeah, that lived up to the hype. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, my next one is The Poppy War by R.F. Kwang or Quang. Um, this is up my alley, man. It is uh, fantasy and also historical fiction. Uh, so it's a brilliant and imaginative... Sorry, let me scratch that. Let's start over. <laughs> a brilliant imaginative talent makes her exciting debut with this epic historical military fantasy inspired by the bloody history of China's 20th century, but it's filled with treachery and magic. Uh, so it's being compared to books by like N.K. Jemison, which is always a big deal. Um, basically, there's these, uh, this main character, Rin, and uh, Rin aces this massive empire-wide test to find the most talented youths to attend the academics, and it surprised everyone because of Rin's you know, upbringing and Rin ends up being, uh, she's this very, very powerful student and uh, they. it just seems like a kind of a classic fantasy where a young person who has nothing when they're born discovers they have these incredible powers and go on to do great things. So I am very much for a, like a coming-of-age journey tale always when it's mm-hmm. a fantasy. Like Those are very much... In my bread and butter. That's the poppy war. Speaking of fantasies, uh, Fury Born by Claire Legrand. Um, I also got to interview her. She will be on the podcast a couple weeks as well. So Fury Born is about 
It's the first of a trilogy. Um, and it is about two young women. Um, again, I think they're in their like 18, 19, 20s, who are a thousand years apart in their storylines. One is a queen trying to prove herself as being worthy of a uh, prophecy, and the other is, um, oh, she's kind of like a, she's like a bounty hunter. She's kind of like one of those, you know, girls kind of Mm -hmm. living on the edge of society kind of thing, too. Um, Sort of like in Warcross a little bit. But not in oh, the future. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, they have these two timelines that go back and forth and a uh, thousand years apart. And they're somehow connected. You're just not entirely sure how. And I remember telling Claire that um, <laughs> the thing with that book, and I actually told this, I think, to Andrea, our co for Andrea, too, because she was reading it. The thing is that, you know, you're always like, oh, I'm just going to get to one more chapter and then I'll go to bed. <laughs> the problem is these bounce back and forth between the two women. And so you finish one, you start the, the next woman's and you're like, well, now I have to keep reading like two chapters because <laughs> I have to get to the next one. And then it's the other woman. And it just, but it was really good. And this is one that our friend Margaret at Sourcebooks just is a huge fan of. She sure is. She is such a huge fan of, of Furyborn. And it's so good. And as he's really strong women, you know, and we, t- again, talked in the podcast, uh, the interview I did with her, neither one is particularly very likable. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. that's not really what they're there for, is to be these likable women, but they're, or they're not, it's not that they're unlikable, they're just, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Like, yeah. they're, I, I think what it is, is that they are these strong women who have these personalities that, in today's society, are because they're not meek and and all of that stuff sometimes can be frowned upon sometimes can be frowned upon and so it's not that they're not likable they're just they're just very real and authentic yeah i this is uh (laughs) listen she's not on the podcast but she's adjacent because she's my wife this was my wife's uh favorite book she's read so far this year so uh if you want alex's recommendations there you go and i'm not gonna embarrass her by talking about it because she doesn't listen to our podcast it's a big point of contention in our house. <laughs> I just assume nobody listens to our podcast. I, I know. Her justification is, you tell me what books I need to read anyway. There like, you go. That's not the point. I want those downloads. Um, so my next one is called Our Kind of Cruelty by R. I almost put it on, but okay. did not. All right. It's by R. Minta Hall. So I try not to just read descriptions to you guys that the authors provide us, but this book is a thriller, and there's a plot twist in the description. And so I'm just going to read the description to you because it sounds bananas. Um, so here's the description. This is a love story, Mike's love story. Mike Hayes fought his way out of a brutal childhood and into a quiet, if lonely, life before he met Verity Metcalf. V taught him about love, and in return, Mike has dedicated his life to making her happy. He's found the perfect home, the perfect job. He sculpted himself into the physical ideal V has always wanted. He knows they'll be blissfully happy together. It doesn't matter that she hasn't been returning his emails or phone calls. It doesn't matter that she says she's marrying Angus. It's all just a part of their secret game they used to play. If Mike watches V closely, he'll see the signs. If he keeps track of her every move, he'll just know when to come to her rescue. Ugh. 
such creepy. Yeah. This is an Emma book if I've ever seen oh, one. Oh, for sure. Um, our coworker Emma, who is all into thrillers and suspense, I literally I was re- I was going through all these descriptions and I read that one and like I-, I was doing this this morning before anyone else at the office and I audibly gasped. I was like, oh, what? And that's ju- that's just the description of the book. Yeah. And a super uncomfortable. Uh, the cover. cover is is uncomfortable. Like crazy uncomfortable. Oh, I feel like I'm gonna need to shower after. Yeah, I can't this. handle the cover of that one. I have to like not look at it. I know. Um, so I have the Mars Room by Rachel Kushner. It's 2003, and Romy Hall is at the start of two consecutive life sentences at Stanville Women's Correctional Facility, deep in California's Central Valley. Outside is the world from which she has been severed, the San Francisco of her youth and her young son, Jackson. Inside is a new reality. Thousands of women hustling for the bare essentials needed to survive. The bluffing and pageantry and casual acts of violence by guards and prisoners alike. And the deadpan absurdities of institutional living, which Kushner evokes with great humor and precision. This is fiction. Um, but... You know me. I used to work in a prison, so I'm all like... (laughs) I came across as one, and I would have bet a small fortune that Joe was going to talk about it. It was a pretty safe bet. It sounds really good, though. It's been getting a lot of buzz, so I'm I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Uh, My next one is The Glitch by Elizabeth Cohen. She also will be on the podcast in the near future. Uh, I want to tell you guys, we aren't just pimping books that... With authors that are going to be on the podcast. We are not. <laughs> this month, just... So, Jill went to the American Library Association stuff, as you guys know, and I went to the Public Library Association, and when you interview authors at these events, their books all come out in the future because they want librarians reading them to start promoting them and talking about them before they come out so that they're popular and they're very buzzy. What that ends up meaning is a lot of these books end up coming out when you're interviewing them in January and February. They come out in May and June. So, a lot of these authors... The books are wonderful, and I want to talk about them, and it just so happens that they'll also be on the podcast. Keep in mind, there are also authors we've interviewed who books are not being listed, so... That's true. You know... This is true. Don't don't take it as us sort of yeah. double advocating. It's not like that. Yeah, I was just laughing because I... A lot of these people that I, t- I discussed their books with at PLA, I haven't really thought about the books until we were coming up to this month. And I was like, oh, that book sounds wonderful. Wait a minute. I literally discussed it with the author several months back. Yeah. um, Anyway, The Glitch is all about this high-profile woman. She is like, she goes to TED Talks, and she's like a a power kind of Silicon Valley CEO. Um, Her entire life is scheduled, like, down to the very second. It is kind of bananas. Um she takes quote unquote power naps and has me time at 3:30 in the morning when she's on a treadmill. Uh she takes her naps while she's waiting in line for things. Like she just it's insane how she uses her time. And then she stumbles across this young woman named Shelly who has the exact same scar on her shoulder. Like basically it looks like she's the same person but from the future and she's trying to figure out how that happened. Um, it's almost like it to me it reminds me of like the show Silicon Valley and she Mm -hmm. even admitted she's like if you're gonna write a book that's humorous about Silicon Valley like that show nails it so perfectly what it's like that you just kind of end up having it be end up similar but um, yeah it sounds really funny and and Elizabeth is a was a wonderful person so I think she'll also be on in June another thing with having all these authors that we both interviewed whose books come out in May and June is we only do one author a a week so (laughs) Couldn't really get them all out. Is exactly when the book 
comes out. But that's the glitch, and the cover is really fun. I have The Perfect Mother by Amy Malloy. So this is about a group of new moms who call themselves the May Mothers because they all gave birth in the um, to their children in the same month, and they meet a couple times a week to kind of get together and find, you know, friendship and solace in dealing with being a new mom. So they go out one night, um, and while they're gone, one of the babies is taken from the crib. And Winnie, the mother of the child, she's single, and she had been reluctant to leave the baby with a babysitter, but the all, the other moms were like, no, no, it's going to be fine, and now her baby's missing. So as the police don't get involved and start investigating, um, they start uncovering some secrets and marriages are tested and all sorts of stuff happens and comes to light um and uh yeah it sounds like one of those good you know thrillers that i yeah that i love sounds very good uh this one i don't need to describe very much but calip uh calypso by david sedaris almost but did not yeah david it's nonfiction. if you're not familiar with david sedaris he is an essayist he writes nonfiction. uh He's the funniest. I I'm I think he might be the the best essayist alive right now. If you're looking for humor, yes. Like if you're looking for serious, like poignant discussions about the society, that's gonna be Roxanne Gay. Who I'm guessing you're gonna talk about I a little do. bit here. Yeah. Um. But if you're looking for something that's gonna make you laugh, David Sedaris is wonderful. And they're poignant in some way. I mean, well, yeah, it is. He's it. it they they are very like. Um, some of the ones from me talk pretty one day in particular. Are, yeah, but at the end of the day, like they they yes, they funny. make you yeah. think, but they also they'll always make you laugh. Um, and I can't recommend this enough. Listen to the audiobooks because he does all of his own audiobooks. He does. I never actually read any of his books. I've only done the audiobook, and they're so good. The only one I've ever read is When You Are Engulfed in Flames. Everyone else I've listened to. And that's just because somebody bought it for me before I was yeah. listening to audiobooks. So it's good stuff. Yeah, Calypso. And also the cover of this is very stupid. It's, it's so funny. It is. It's a little like smile it's like a fake smiley face that's made out of a plank of wood. It's it reminds me of Ed Ed and Eddie, which is a deep cut from Cartoon Network. We'll talk about it after. It's such a bad cartoon show, but Speaking of essays. I have Not That Bad, Dispatches from Rape Culture, edited by Roxanne Gay, as Adam mentioned. Um, I This actually, this came out on Tuesday, this past Tuesday. So my copy arrived and I started reading it. And it's a group of essays about um, rape culture, but not necessarily about being raped. Some of those look at that, but they also sort of look at what it means to be a woman in the world today and the sort of little microaggressions that can happen that other people don't maybe see or notice or, you know, tell you it's not that bad. Um, there are, um, the, the women, what's well, all, not, let me, let me rephrase the people who have contributed essays because it's not just women, um, include Ali Sheedy and, uh, Gabrielle Union, the uh-huh. actresses. And then there's some other, uh, writers whose names you may not be familiar with, but it's they're all really good. Um, it's definitely not a book that I can read in one sitting. I was like, I'm gonna read this in one sitting, and then I was like, No, this oh, is man. not a one. <laughs> this is not a one sitting book, you know. But it's one of those things where I I feel like 
I think I went into it like, okay, you put these stories, you put this these experiences of yours out there in the world. If I'm going to read these people's the first day, I, sh- I felt like I needed to give everyone their own due regarding acknowledging yeah. them in the same time. But it's it's not a book that can be read in one day. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's really good. Uh-huh. They're, the story, they're not story. I keep saying stories. I mean, they're essays. It's re- it's real life. Um, are all very well written. They all take on a very different take of what it means to kind of live in this world and and deal with these things. So, yeah, I it, I think that will be one of the more powerful books of the mm-hmm. year for sure. Um, my next one is He by John Connolly. So this is a literary portrait of two people who found themselves in a comedic partnership. It's uh, Laurel and Hardy. I'm a huge, huge, huge old-time Hollywood fan. We've talked about that a lot, too. Uh, So any information, books, podcasts, uh, documentaries I can get about old, like, golden age of Hollywood time, I'm on board with. So uh, Laurel and Hardy are two of the most famous comedic actors of all time. They kind of follow in the wake of Charlie Chaplin, um, came from vaudeville and you know went to the the silver screen and they did a lot of silent movies and just they're wonderful if you they if you like go to youtube and look up laurel and hardy skits they still stand up at least to me but i'm a i have a 90 year old soul so So, uh that's he by john Connolly. um i don't have to speak too much about this but legendary by stephanie garber it is the follow-up to her um book caraval which came out last year it is a sort of magical world where people can go and kind of escape and live in this world. It's a game. It's like Westworld, but not. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so Legendary is the sequel. I'm very excited about it. Um, and it's it's out this month. I can't believe I put that on my list. I knew you were going to talk about it. I just think I was, I was like playing it today. Do you have any more? I have one more. Okay. Uh the cover of that is also great. A lot of great covers this month. Oh, it does have a really good cover. Um, my last one is called King of Ashes by Raymond E. Feist. It's his first book in a new Firemain saga, and it's getting compared to Game of Thrones. So, you know, while you're waiting for George to write, right. write his books, this is a good one to, to pick up. Um, there are five different kingdoms of North and South Tembria. They're kind of twin continents in this world. And they've all coexisted in peace uh, until four of them decide to attack the other one. Uh, and the one that they try to attack is ruled by this king known as the Firemane for his brilliantly red hair. And then war kind of engulfs the whole world. And it goes from there and... Sure. Game of Thronesy. I, yeah. You know. Sounds good. Yeah, it, it looks like... it. Kind of looks like a myth, uh, mix of like King Arthur and, and Game of Thrones, it's, it's just all those. I will, if you can create a fun swords and dragons type of a book, I'm good. I don't need to. You don't need to describe it anymore to me. My last one is Land Whale by Jess Baker. Land Whale, uh, or Jess had previously written the book Things No One Will Tell Fat Girls, and is a and she's sort of a icon of the body image movement and so her new one um is a memoir about what it's like being a fat woman so i would say if you liked lindy west you will like jess baker um and 
she had she narrated the audiobook for things no one will tell fat girls i'm hoping she um narrates this one as mm-hmm. well i'm actually not sure but she the exciting thing is she released her book tour and she's come to cleveland oh man at the end of may Ooh, we'll be uh, there she's okay. at max she's at max Pax. it's a panel thing with some other fabulous cleveland women um i think she is doing her audiobook is she it, there's not a narrator on it i feel like she is too because i i think that was she blogged about it or put it on instagram or twitter recently because i follow her on social um yeah so this is just sort of a memoir about her her life and i'm i'm very excited can especially you, to go see her in cleveland can you please read the subtitle for this because it's wonderful so the t- full title of the book is land whale on turning insults into nicknames why body image is hard and how diets can kiss my ass so good and accurate mm-hmm. it's wonderful <laughs> Um, <laughs> choking. Sorry, guys. Uh, is that? Do you have any more? No, that's all. Okay, look at that. Pretty good. Um, only had, we only had two overlaps, and one of them I'm blaming you for because I interview. I'm interviewing the person. I forgot you were interviewing her. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. Um, okay, as I mentioned at the beginning, if you are interested in getting in contact with us, if you want some book recommendations, if you want to see this full list, just go to professionalbooknerds.com. We have our reading list there under the About page. We have an email link there. We have our social media accounts, uh, at ProBookNerds on Twitter and Instagram. If you want something that isn't on this list, just shoot us an email. We'll help you find something good. Uh, anything else you can think of that we missed? I think that's everything. Um, oh, so I'm just going to give you a little spoiler before we leave. But we are creating uh, a super cool new reading community that we're going to be able to get all of you who listen into the podcast involved in that you can interact with us and, and other listeners. So it's very early, but it'll happen pretty quickly in the next couple of weeks here. But uh, that's a little teaser, but it's super cool. I had a phone call with one of our sister companies yesterday, and I'm really excited about it. So, um, okay, that's everything. I hope you guys enjoyed all of these wonderful selections. May is an awesome book month. So hope you enjoyed everything. Have a wonderful day. And that's all from the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.